and we are back. Oh, yes, sir. Uh, In the flesh, back again for another episode of the Hoop Plug. Yes, sir, man. And you already know, as always, Rockin' Witch, it's your boys, Frost and Tyler, man. And this is a very special episode because something that used to be mm. very commonplace, very normal on the Hoop Plug, man. You see me and Ty right next to each other recording. It's not so common anymore. And now you obviously could tell by where I'm at. I'm back in the dirty. <laughs> yes, sir. My boy done touched down. Yes, sir. Got that dirty jersey in the air. Breathing it in. <laughs> yeah, man. It's fucking up my lungs already. <laughs> nah, I'm playing. I'm playing. But nah, man. It's good to be back. You know what I'm saying? Touched down. Went to got a Harold's humongous sandwich. You know what I'm saying? Link when my boy went out last night. You know the vibes, man. And now we... Now we back. Yes, sir. It's good to have you back, my brother. Hey, I appreciate that, man. Happy holidays. You already see, you know what I'm saying, some of the baddest people mm. in mm. the planet, in the history, right behind us, you know what I'm saying? And we're celebrating this beautiful Juneteenth, you know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. The newest, freshest federal holiday. You're welcome for the day off, all right? You can thank <laughs> these guys up there. Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, for dropping a triple-double against the civil rights. Okay, so let's <laughs> go. Happy Juneteenth. Yes, sir, my brother. Yes, sir. Happy Juneteenth. You know what I'm saying? And what better way to bring it in to have Juneteenth, Father's Day all together. You know what I'm saying? All in the same day. Uh, Ty, I think, just became... No, I'm playing. I was about to say Ty just became a father. Nah. <laughs> yeah, you're scaring me, bro. <laughs> like, nah, but you know, happy Father's Day to everybody at home. Happy absolutely. Juneteenth to everybody at home. Like Ty said, enjoy the day off and uh back into it man yeah like you know like we said earlier golden state there was splish splashing man we we had a feeling they could do this but uh you had to really be a, a golden state ride or die from game one game one to have said okay these guys this is a championship year you know clay was unsure draymond i believe was battling injury it was really just the steph show for for a majority of the season right and uh ty remind the folks at home how they how they start off this regular season not well well, they started out fire hot, actually. Uh, yeah, I thought they, I thought they were twenty-eight and three or something at one point. Oh my gosh, that's right. They did start out hot, and uh, Steph was hitting everything in sight. He was on a rampage, playing like he did in these finals up until he broke that record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then midway through the season, he breaks the record in the garden. In the garden. Yeah, yeah I know you remember that one. <laughs> and Steph completely falls off. You know what I'm saying? We're we're rejuvenated a little bit with the energy of Clay coming back. Draymond was really playing at a high championship level and a lot of credits gotta go to him but another important guy andrew wiggins dude mm. andrew wiggins had the first all-star appearance of his career you know um fast forward to the playoffs and the golden state warriors just made mincemeat of everybody you know uh you get to the finals you expect them to blow these celtics out the water celtics put up a good fight but man this golden state warriors team was was scary they're clicking on all ends when steph had a bad game clay made up for when clay had a bad game and both of those guys had a bad game draymond had an insane game you know andrew wiggins was able to hold it down jordan Poole, you know what i'm saying he was splish splashing you know what i'm saying the young the young splash brother over in golden state so uh yeah man it was, it was a great finals you know their fourth championship in eight years you know that's crazy saying something four in eight is crazy and we are really back. That's right, back again for another episode of the Hoop Plug. And as y'all can see, me and Faraz are in the flesh. Y'all heard it in the intro, but it's good to see you, Brody. Hey. We got a lot to talk about because, hey, y'all see the hat. Y'all see the shirt. It's blue. It's gold. Shouts out Golden State for winning that chip. And um, we were talking about this off wax, but yeah. 
usually, I mean, I've grown so accustomed to it, right? When you got J.R. Smith winning the finals, you got personalities that, that let you in, right? It felt like we were damn near in the club with LeBron and, and JR when they were winning the chip because everything was on social media. Golden State was keeping it under wraps. I don't, I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> Man, I think uh, although I'm with you, Ty, we always want to see the, the teams who work so hard celebrate that championship ring, right? But at the same time, I think the Golden State Warriors really showed us why they are the definition of professionals, mm. man. They're able to win in style, celebrate in style, keep that thing under wraps, man. And I know Steve Kerr was probably like, hey, fellas, Jordan, I know you had probably the best season of your life. Who's to say you're going to ever play this well again? <laughs> I need you to keep it off social media. I need you to not be like my boy over in Charlotte, Miles Bridges with the double mm, cup and the split, mm, mm, mm. you know? And uh, isn't that crazy, by the way, not to segue off Oh, that, my but, gosh, yeah. Uh, talk about fumbling the bag. Well, he hasn't quite yet, but. Yeah, and he's he was supposed to before that came out. Like, they were saying about 25 mil a year. It's going to be interesting to see if that number comes down. But, man, back to the Golden State Warriors. Like, I just want to talk about this. Let's take it here. It's not on the rundown, but it just came to my mind again. At the end of that game, right, the, the clock is winding down. There's probably six seconds left. Steph Curry broke down. Like, he, he's won three other championships, but he was crying like this was more special than all of them combined. And, and I'm, I'm just kind of wondering why that was. I think, I think I have an idea, but coming from you, like, if you had to put yourself in those shoes, why do you think Steph was, was so emotional for his fourth title? Um, I think that first one, everyone feels, you know, Steph was robbed of the finals MVP. And I don't want to say robbed, right? Because Andre Iguodala deserved it. You know, Steph Curry, based on his normal standards that season, because I think that was his first of two back, like the back-to-back MVP seasons. That was not the unanimous MVP, but nonetheless, very dominant throughout the regular season. The Warriors had just hit the scene. They beat LeBron, right? And Steph Curry is undoubtedly the leader, right? First championship, he's not really caring about finals MVP, but at the same time, you know, I think it stings a little bit that, you know, Andre Dalla, who's not even second or third fiddle, right, throughout the entire season, just there to be the fourth option, you know, um, takes that finals MVP away. Next two years, you know, at the end of the day, Steph Curry, I think especially in that second ring with KD, put up a performance where he did deserve the finals MVP. But Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant, and he was having insane performances while stopping LeBron. You don't stop LeBron, but he was containing LeBron on the defensive end. So I think we all know he wasn't going to win those two, right? So now it's this one, where this is a year where they weren't expected at all to win a championship. He carried them through the regular season. He carried them through the playoffs. Clay hasn't really been contributing except for, you know, game six Clay every once once in a while. You know what I mean? Um, but with all that being said, man, this is the one where undoubtedly he's the guy no one's gonna take that away from him yeah that's it's gotta be that yeah like you said when they were with kd like they were huge favorites like people were predicting sweeps they were winning those games in five those series in five excuse me Mm -hmm. i think that's part of it it's the road it's the challenge it's the tribulations that they just went through for the last two years worst record in the league that's what they're coming from you know that's humbling you when they won that first one he was wide-eyed they were a bunch of pups just overachieving they were playing with house money now there's expectations now they're supposed to do something now he's expected to put this team on his back and doing it against all odds, I think that has to feel a little special. 100%. And in the years of people saying, yes, yeah, Steph Curry is good at winning championships, but 
can he be the best guy on a championship team? And listen, at the end of the day, you could say you don't hear those things, but eventually, even if you're titanium, man, some of those things are going to break through. Facts. So Steph definitely heard some of that chatter, and I know it feels good to prove the haters and the doubters wrong. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? Absolutely. The babyface assassin, boy, was he a killer, man. It was such a show they put on over Ooh. in that series, man. Word. Let's get into this series. Like This whole time, right, we, we did the preview before this first game was played, and we both picked the Warriors. You, I think, in five, me in seven. And that's why we're great podcasts, because they won in six. <laughs> but the whole time, bro, I've been rooting against my pick. Like, I chose the Warriors. I, I thought they'd win. But yet, I still kind of wanted the Celtics to win. And it doesn't really make sense to me, right? Like, I'm a New York sports fan. If anything, I should be hating Boston. Yet, I'm, I'm out here rooting for them. It, it, it drove me so crazy that I actually, after two games, said that I thought Boston was the better team. You remember I said that, and I, even though I still believe that, I said that I, while Boston is the better team, in my opinion, they're still going to lose this series because they make too many mistakes, and, and that's what cost them in game six, cost them in game five, um, and in the series. Uh, you said it, man. I think at the end of the day, Boston is the best team when you look at, uh, you know, from top to bottom, how they play with the lack of star, with the star power that they have or lack thereof. And again, you know, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are killers, but, you know, younger, younger stars in the league, regardless, I think they had the tougher path to the finals, you know, um, you look at what they do, man, it's, it's very surprising, right? Like they came through, no one expected them with this first year coach to make it as far as they did. I expected them to maybe even get swept. They come out and at points throughout the series, right, they had you thinking they could beat Golden State. And I think that's why, man, like, it's a David versus Goliath story. You got the younger guys, less experienced, haven't, this is their first time being there since Paul Pierce was in a jersey, <laughs> you know? So that's, that's my thought of it. Yeah, and um, let's talk a little bit about game six, right? Boston comes out hot. I'm like, okay, they're on their home floor. They're taking care of business. Backs against the wall. They got to win. And that just changed rapidly because Golden State goes on an 11-0 run. Then a Steph three. Then Jordan Poole starts banking shit. Draymond Green starts hitting things. Like, that's <laughs> when you knew. Sound the alarms. Because when Draymond starts hitting threes, you are dead it's in the over. water. Yeah, it's over. And that turned into a 21-0 run. 21 unanswered points. A record in the NBA Finals in the modern era, and that's something you can't recover from. No way. And again, you know, you mentioned it again. There's there's points throughout this series where this Celtics team showed sparks of the greatness that they have and the greatness that will come for years to to come. You know, um, but you know, you you can't win championship games, especially against an experienced veteran group of killers right a guy like draymond guy like steph guy like clay and again i bring draymond up first on purpose because out of those guys i think draymond he has that that kobe mentality more so than than the other guys again steph is a killer clay is a killer but draymond draymond will literally beat you up and kick you in the, he will do anything to win you know what I'm, anything for an edge. He, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and he showed, and I think that's, he brings that grit to this Golden State Warriors team. You know what I mean? And I think everything that he does is what allows Steph Curry and Klay Thompson to shine. Klay, not so much this series, but Steph doesn't get 34, 7, and 7 without Draymond getting his 12, 8, and 12. Yeah, you need that when you have a finesse-led group. 
right? Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry are responsible for the majority of your scoring. You need someone that's going to mix it up, protect those guys, and make it possible for them to do what they do. And, and that's what Draymond Green does. So even though he had a, a lot of bad games in this series, don't get us wrong. Just listen to how the Boston Celtics talked about him after every game. How agitated Jalen Brown was. How much they were annoyed with him. He was in their heads. And it made a difference. Especially for a younger team like that. All you got to do is get them unfocused, right? They're not, they're not, again, they don't have that. Man, Jason Tatum should have never posted that picture. They don't have that Kobe mentality, man. They don't have that <laughs> Mamba mentality. Not just yet. They think they do, but they don't understand what it means to be there so close and that bitter taste in your mouth, right? And so Golden State understands that. They understand being 73-9 and nine, touted the best team in history and losing after being up 3-1. Yeah, we talked about the experience, and boy, was it a factor because they really went against the grain here with what they just did. How crazy is it to go into the playoffs with a brand new fresh out the box starting lineup and win a championship it helps that one of those guys are clay thompson and you have andrew wiggins in the lineup and draymond and steph and who was their starting center was it kavan looney yes sir yeah so i mean shouts out to kavan right you know he took a back seat for many of those championship years and now he gets to show that he deserves to be the starting center on a championship squad but that's besides the point don't get me wrong it helps to have those guys being those guys that we just mentioned but regardless you guys don't understand how underrated what ty is saying is yeah it's crazy it really is uh shouts to the warriors they've changed the game once right and that was in large part due to steph curry but they're about to change it again um because the way they are set up to not only win next year but the next year after that and the year after that it it's it's spurs like and I don't know another team that did it that way. And I think I think you agree with me on this. Steph is top 10 now. Yeah, Steph, I mean. Steph is top 10 of all time. I think that's what everyone, that's the big talking point. We're going to get into something similar, but not the same, is that if he gets to another finals, not wins one, just gets to another one, he's past Larry and me. I think he's moving like top eight. Yeah. If you ask a lot of NBA guys what defines greatness, a lot of the reason why people look at Jordan he's, as he's the GOAT, when he was around... Nobody else won rings because he did not let anybody else win rings. He won six out of seven. You know what I mean? His last six years in the league, he won championships, right? If you look at Steph, right? LeBron has gotten one off since Steph and these Warriors have really started clicking. Think about that for a second. You know what I mean? And LeBron, again, is arguably the GOAT. He's not the GOAT, but he's arguably the GOAT. Yeah, and what's know? scarier than that, because <laughs> you think about these errors, like when Jordan had a stranglehold on the league. LeBron is the only one that's gotten one off versus a healthy gold state. And that was that was That's it. Luck. You know, that's <laughs> barring a Draymond Green suspension and a Kyrie Irving last minute three pointer. History might be different. LeBron might be three and seven right now. We might be looking at Golden State as five and eight years, seventy-three and nine with a championship. Like it's a different it's a complete different world, you know? So but I think to LeBron's credit, yes, he was able to get one off with a much more subpar team than the Warriors. You know, Word. and um, there were four other guys out there <laughs> on the Golden State team. So I got to show some love. Andrew Wiggins. I think that Wiggins Tatum matchup is what really swung the series because you're looking at probably the third. He, I think he was the second best player on Golden State this series, but yeah. he was out dueling the supposedly number one on Boston. A hundred percent for three or four games. Andrew Wiggins outplayed Jason Tatum. And it's, bro, it's not to say, you know, Andrew Wiggins dropped 30 every game, but he 
killed Jason Tatum on the defensive end. He let him know, listen, son, I'm a former number one pick. You know, I might be a loaf, right? But I'm, I'm still a top dog in this league. I'm still an all-star. You know what I mean? And he absolutely shut him down. And I think besides Steph Curry's scoring performances, Andrew Wiggins is the reason they win this championship. And it's his defense. You know, yeah. not only is he giving you 18-20 on the offensive end, he's shutting down your number one option. I think this is the first time Jason Tatum has had less than 20-point games consistently like back-to-back in multiple games you know so yeah and and jason tatum if he wasn't making threes this series he shot really well from three but if he wasn't doing that man it would have been really ugly because the efficiency when it wasn't a three when it was a layup when he was flailing through the lane trying to get a foul it was really bad it was really bad and a lot of that is because of andrew wiggins 100 percent. yeah they turned the ball over man we told you that was their weak point and it showed its face turnovers man it, it it showed its ugly face and it's funny though golden state used to be that turnover happy team you remember steph curry throwing behind the back passes out of bounds in the finals like they completely flipped that switch i guess that's just what happens when you mature you got a veteran squad instead mm-hmm. of a young squad and and you know the the golden state warriors play style used to be a lot more fun than that's it true. is cutthroat now you know, um, if you notice, Steph, he's still hitting these deep threes, but he's not pulling up from half court like he was a few seasons back. He's literally, they're, they're in killer mode. He's literally coming off yeah. picks. He's basically shooting guaranteed shots. He's not, like, one, I think it speaks to how much better he is than those seasons because even with him being the number one focus on the defensive end, he can get to his spots better. I think in those seasons, Absolutely. he had to shoot those shots because of the he was still learning how to deal with the double and the triples and being picked up by half court. You got to put those up. And again, he hits them, right? But you, he's so good now, he can get to his spots with three guys guarding him at one time. Yeah, man. It's the understanding of his game and, and what all those years of shooting from 50 feet did to defenses and their psyche. Like <laughs> For real, because that's part of it, too. Yeah, Steph is a low-key, elite, like, elite finisher. No, 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 not low-key. He's just elite. Bro, at around the rim, he's a very elite finisher. Like, for his size, 6'3", baby weight. Oh, oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually, an, bro, it's actually insane. And uh, Kendrick Perkins actually came out and, and said that the other day, man. And to be honest, right, he had been so critical of Steph Curry's finishing prior to that. But if you look at it, right... Steph Curry's finishing comes, it goes hand in hand with his three-point shooting, right? Because if you guard him up top and and shut him down with him not being able to finish, that three-point shot now becomes somewhat ineffective, right? But you switch everything, he handles it. You stay on, he handles it. You see him taking out Al Horford one-on-one, taking him out to the three, and then taking him to the hole with a reverse finish. Like, Steph Curry's an elite finisher, bro. You know, you mentioned it, for real. Let's get into this. Right. Shortly after every finals, there is a reassessment of the league and, and the elite players in it. Right. You see Kawhi win a championship next year. Everyone's saying he's the best player in the world. Yeah. Facts. You see Giannis win a championship next year. They're saying he's the best player in the world. So I think it's time. Right. Everyone's talking about Steph and the offseason is a long one. They're going to get to it. But why don't we be the first to kick this discussion off? Right. I want to talk top 10 in the NBA. Final game has been played. We know who the finals MVP is. It's time, it's time to talk about it. No other way to do it, right? We have everything like you mentioned, all the proof, mm-hmm. all the evidence. Yes, you know sir. what I'm saying? And uh, without further ado, man, you want to kick it off? I do, okay? Because number one, see the hat, see the shirt. 
It's the Greek freak. <laughs> All right. I know what Steph did. I know a lot of people are going ready to boost him up to that number one slot, but as good as he is all time, Giannis is still a freak. Giannis, if he was in this finals, would have been wreaking havoc. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. But, bro, to say, I say that to say this, they didn't have a full squad, but man, he sh- what, stopped, what stopped him from being there? You know? Uh, Chris Middleton's injury. Yeah, I know, but I don't know if I give him the, if that's enough of an excuse. I don't know. But regardless, regardless. I'm, that's I'm not, my number one. I'm not saying that he's not number one. All right. You know let's, what I'm saying? Let's hear who you got number one. Um, no, I'm not saying that he's not number one. Okay. I think I'm with you. I'm, th- right. I'm with you for him being number one. I wasn't going to stay Seth. That's for sure. But All right. Number yeah. two, I got KD. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think KD's number two when healthy. You know what I'm saying? When healthy, yeah. yeah. You, you got to put an asterisk on it. Um, yeah. We know what he's capable of. It was a really, really, really bad performance, but you'll never see something like that again. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, number three, though, um, and we might agree to disagree a little bit on this one. I'm putting Steph at number three in the league right now. Okay, and um, I think that's fair. This is the one I had to str- – this is the one I struggled with most. Giannis, KD, those were two were easy, and it was between Steph and Joel Embiid. But I'm going with Embiid just because of the size and defense. And I think Steph has gotten so much better on defense. So good. So good. So much better. But he's just incapable of having the impact that a seven-footer can have on defense. Of course. Of course. So we're going we're gonna to agree to disagree That's on that one. Hairs. But they just yeah. switch spots. So for you, 3-4 is Embiid. Steph, for me, it's Steph Embiid. Um, and I think the next one, bro, we're, we're going to agree on that one, number five. The king, you know what I'm saying? Ah, LeBron. LeBron James. You know, and shouts out to him. My boy at 38, still top five. Could arguably be top one midway through the season when the season starts, you know, depending on how he performs. So it's not not to say that he can't be that guy still. Yeah, man. It's just he's, the, he's got the itch, too. Yeah. He's, he's already in the gym. He's in the city, balling out with Chris Brickley. At that gym, I, I want to get to that gym. I don't know. Well, that would be, be nice. The wall. Imagine watching some of those runs, bro. I'm trying to get in the runs. No, no, no. Nah, nah. I ain't trying to be in them runs getting dunked on. No, sir. If it's like a celebrity run, you got Chris Brown in there, all those other cats. <laughs> I'm going to yeah, play no when doubt. J. Cole plays. That's, yeah. that's when I'm going to pull up. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. <laughs> but when LeBron's there, DeMarcus Cousins, nah, I'm good. Because who's got a who's got a guard boogie? It's got to be me. So I'm not, I'm not about all that action, you know? Um, next up, man, and this is the thing, right? I... The rest of these is just really, I think. It's a drop off. Yeah, man. It's a huge drop off, one. And then two, uh, and, and it's hard to say that because this next person is last year's MVP, right? So Phony MVP. Yeah, very phony. But regardless, um, I think these are really just all opinionated. You know what I mean? Um, Ty kind of basically has a rundown here. And I'm not, I'm not against any of them. But at the same time, depending on who you are, I think it's this group, this batch of players. But the order might differ a little bit. You know yeah, what I'm and I'm going to just read it out for you. So I'll start from the top again. One, I had Giannis. Two, KD. Three, Embiid. Four, Steph. Me and Faraz disagreed on that. And then the rest of this list is just mine. Oh, well, five, LeBron, we both had. But six, Jokic. Seven, Luka. Eight, Ja Morant. Nine, Kawhi. And ten, Dame Dalla. So those last two, y'all probably forgot about them. They can definitely move up. But the biggest movers on this list, Steph, he moved up in my eyes. Jokic moved up just a bit. And Ja. Ja took a huge leap this season, man. And it's funny, you know, we couldn't refer to Ja without referring to Zion. And now we don't remember who Zion is. And Ja is really the star of that class. 
Yeah. By the way, I got a rookie card for sale. Just let me know. Hit my line. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, no, Jaws a beast. You know, again, I think it speaks to how good he is with what he was able to do with this Memphis Grizzlies team. And again, depending on how they play in this next season, that's really going to be a big determining factor for how good Jaw is, how how much of an impact he makes on the court as a player, off the court, as a leader. But I'm with you. Jaw takes a huge jump here. He cements himself in the top 10, no doubt. And you mentioned that Zion is the forgotten about number one pick and future superstar in this league and that he's kind of getting overlooked with Ja. I think you get him on Weight Watchers and he can change that real quick. You know? 100%. 100%. No, Zion's one of those guys. He's explosive. He's dominant. Let's not forget Joel Embiid, who's someone we were worried about. Foot injuries. Yep. Heavy set dude. Not a lot of experience leading up to the league. Is now, again, top four, top three in the NBA. You know, dominant player. So it's not too late for Zion, especially with the numbers he put up in the limited minutes that he has had. But uh, it's going to take a lot for him to maintain that and then even get close to the potential, you know, the comparisons to LeBron and these kind of things. So, yeah, let's let's see what he could do. All right. We got to take it here um, to Charlotte, North Carolina, because Michael Jordan's team can't stay out the news. <laughs> Michael Jordan, Charlotte Hornets cannot stay out the news. The latest is they're getting curved, bro. They're getting curved, played in these streets by their potential coach who agreed in principle to sign on for 2022-2023, and that is Kenny Atkinson, assistant coach for the Golden State Warriors, fresh off the title. He said, no, nah, I'm good. No, nah, I'm good, Mike. You can stay over there with LaMelo and Terry and Miles Bridges I'm going to stay here with Clay and the, and the mother boys and, and try to run it back. Yeah, and I don't blame Kenny Atkinson per se. However, um, if there's an opportunity to get a head coaching spot where you have a really talented group of guys, you can really show your worth as a coach because you have the group not to build a, a, gold, a golden state effect, but but something to that to that level. I mean, Scary Terry has been dominant. He'll never really be a uh, all star. He might. He's a fringe all star player in this yeah. league, you know. But Lamelo Ball has the opportunity to be a superstar if he isn't already. And Miles Bridges, man, like continuing, you know, putting his lean and, and, and weed mm -hmm. smoking aside, right? If he keeps up the performances and that one two punch that he has with Lamelo Ball. This team can be very very good year for years to come, you know. Oh, um, but. Mm -hmm. I said I'm with you. You know, but with that being said, though, that's not speaking about the general manager at all. And you guys know I'm the number one Mike fan in the world. I got the playoff 12s on right now. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I say all that to say this. Mike's answer to everything is put me in coach. I'm going to drop 30. And that's something I don't think he's used to. He's so used to being so in control. Give me the ball. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to win this game regardless of whatever, you know? But... This is a different situation. And I think Michael is bringing that competitive edge to the general manager and the president's, the owner's room, whatever you want to call it, right? Which is a great thing, but in the same token, right? A guy like Mike, you think that you're the, you're the GOAT in basketball, right? So you're going to assume you're the GOAT in making these kind of decisions. You're going to bring so, a certain level of pride. And given that you're also the owner, right, and you're also Michael Jordan, nobody's going to be able to tell you anything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think his biggest, the thing that made him so successful on the basketball court is potentially his biggest detriment off, you know? Yeah, it's interesting, right? I'm trying to think back to why the Hornets are in this place that they 
they are, and that that is at best mediocre. Their best seasons have been mediocre. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just their drafting, right? Like you could say recency bias. They've gotten Lamelo. They got Miles. Those were two great picks. But think about all the picks, right? I think Marvin Williams, uh, Michael oh, Gilchrist. My gosh, horrible Just picks. Think about the only productive players being Kemba Walker, Kemba Walker, Lamelo, Miles Bridges. End of list. Can't really think of anyone else. After that, you got like a lot of Frank Kaminsky's. You got a lot Some of Zeller brothers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Plumley. Like yeah. it's not. It just hasn't been good. Too many misses. And I don't know if if he's actively in those draft rooms. I would imagine he has some sort of input if he wants it. Uh, I don't know if he's exercising it, but yeah, that, that that's been the issue. And it, it's brighter days. This isn't a bad job for Kenny to be like, nah, I'm good. It's more about Golden State, you know. That that announcement came right after that celebration. Steve Kerr t- on the <laughs> taking that video outside of the plane, talking to TMZ, like, yeah, I'm hungover. And Kenny was too. Okay, I think Steve was in his ear, like, hey, bro, we need you. We we can run these back. We could run this back. We're tr- we're trying to start a dynasty here. You know what I mean? And I think Kenny Atkinson sees that as his best opportunity to, you know, be a Hall of Fame coach one day. You, yeah. know, you don't got to be a head coach to be in the Hall of Fame. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. and it's setting him up, right? You turn down this gig. You're only going to leave for something better, and the other teams around the league know that. So, um, again, that's not a bad gig, but let's see how good you can get. Right? The Lakers are a revolving chair. The Knicks want to fire Tibbs. So, who knows? Not yeah. that the Knicks are a better job. It probably is worse. The Bulls could use a coach. I mean, I don't mind uh, what we got now. <laughs> Billy Donovan's all right. But, I mean, hey, you know, there's a lot of opportunity in the league. So, yeah. Speaking of transitions, shouts out to another owner. Uh, Faring a little bit better, I would say. He's got a chip under his belt. That's Mark Cuban, right? He did have a hole in the roof, but you know he's got deep pockets. That wasn't <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't his fault. Yeah, his his world really isn't gonna come crashing down over something like that, right? Uh, he solved the issue, set his finest handyman to patch it up real quick, and uh, yeah, no, this saw this Dallas Mavericks team, man, um, surprised everybody. Yeah, everybody, man. They were strapped for cash. There really wasn't that much they could do. They had to sign Jalen Brunson, right? He was so good for them in the playoffs. You got to bring him back. Luca obviously is going to be max player for the next ten years for them. Spencer Dinwiddie's got a solid contract. Um, They've got someone else, a couple other guys making solid money. But the point is, they didn't really have much flexibility. Yeah. And for them to pull off what they just pulled off, and acquire one of the best front court players in the NBA. Someone with a lot of potential, someone that's not even 29, in Christian Wood, for the cheap, the cheap, the super low, a loaf of bread and a couple picks. <laughs> man, Ty, you said it, man. And uh, it's funny how they went and got exactly what they need, mm. literally the exact position, the exact type of player, the exact age group, like. Christian Wood could not have been the more perfect guy. And, you know, I just said it, right? But the Dallas Mavericks, they got Christian Wood. And the one person I wouldn't have given up is Boban because they lack front court size already. Mm-hmm. Not to say that he's a star, but they need... Anyways, regardless, they trade Christian Wood for Boban Marjanovic, Trey Burke, Sterling Brown, Marquise Chris. And before I even say the pick, you know, it's the number 26 pick. You guys are saying, oh, that's a, that's a lot of names for Christian Wood, but... 
bums. These are guys that were basically just taking up roster spots in the Dallas Mavericks. I don't think Marquise played. I don't think Sterling Brown played. Trey Burke just played by default. I know, shouts out to him, former Nick. But, you know, you're not losing out too much with any of these guys, man. You're getting, again, a fringe all-star, a guy who can be the second, you know, the, the second fiddle to Luka's, you know, magic for a very long time to come, you know? Yeah. Uh, I call him Dollar Tree Anthony Davis because... <laughs> On offense, he's pretty close. Defense, not not at all. Yeah. But but on offense, he's pretty close. So you squint your eyes and you might think that's number three for the Lakers out there balling up with Luca. And um, it's it's gonna be great. It's gonna be really good. I think he's been in on every stop on his NBA journey. He's been on a team with no hope. Uh, you're with a, a dog, a killer in Luca. That's gonna reinvigorate you alone. Um, yeah. And that you have a chance to get deep into the playoffs, play some meaningful basketball, and make an impact, it's, it's going to be huge for him. So I, I really, really love this move. Shouts to Mark Cuban. Jason Kidd, I think, is a good coach. Um, he's got some more pieces to play with. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, no doubt you said it, Ty. And, uh, man, Christian Wood, I know he's really looking forward to this opportunity. You mentioned it. Not so great on the defensive end. He can give you defense in spurts but the Dallas Mavericks aren't looking for defensive player of the year they aren't looking for Rudy Gobert they're looking for exactly Christian Wood and his play style works perfect with Luka none of them play defense they <laughs> might give you 130 points a game if everything goes right so I'm looking forward to see this man this is the steal of the year new coach and Jason Kidd who's gotten this team the furthest they've been since a championship in 2011 Man, things are looking good for Dallas. Yeah, and don't forget, they had Tim Hardaway on the shelf. He was down with an injury, but he could really shoot lights out. Now you got a bunch of 3 and D shooters. You have Luka, you have Christian Wood. Those are your exceptions defensively, but everyone else can defend. Yeah. Dorian Finney-Smith, the plus defender as well. Um, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, but the sad part, right, this is really, really unfortunate, but... Boban gets traded away from another one of his best friends, man. They keep they keep ah, moving this guy, right? Him yeah. and Luca had a special bond. Him and Tobias had a special bond. They're like, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, listen, son, you, you're getting Luca not focused before the game. Unless you're rebounding 20 rebounds a game and five blocks a game like we expected, Boban. Get your ass on out of here. Yeah, y'all drinking beer before playoff games. Y'all better take that shit elsewhere. For real, though. And again, that was, I think, when Luca dropped 40-something, almost yeah. 50. So, I mean, maybe they should drink more beers before the games. Man, but. they say Luca got some James Harden in him. <laughs> hey, bro, I wouldn't be surprised, man, especially with all that weight he gained a couple more seasons. Hey. You know, he might have a fat soon on and be going to the Brooklyn Nets. So <laughs> we'll see what's going on. Yes, sir. Crazy story, right? Down in India, Mumbai, I believe. Okay. Okay, yeah, we, we worldwide with this. Mr. 305, nah. <laughs> <laughs> an elephant trampled an old lady, 70 years old, to death. Stomp their out. Whoa. Yeah. Very sad, right? Very sad. But reportedly, this old lady was rather rude to the elephant, right? Um, there's a big elephant population in India, and um, I think a lot of them are in captivity. A lot of them getting hunted, hunted down. And the story, I don't remember exactly, but it was something about the elephant being separated from his children, oh. right? You know, that ain't, that's a no-go in, in the wild. Especially on Father's Day. <laughs> <laughs> so the elephant was about that action and it stomped her out, ran her down, right? But this is where it gets crazy. Village comes together for a funeral a few days later. The PETA people, I don't know what they got. They, they're probably just some hunters, but they, the, the, they're on the search for the elephant. They can't find it. 
Funeral a couple days later, the elephant shows up. No, don't tell me he curb stomps the grave. He stomped the grave out. <laughs> Yo, he said, this bitch is not resting in peace. Whoa, that's actually crazy, man. And, they, and you know, they have the metaphor, memory as lo- a memory like an elephant, right? So, Oh, my God. But, so what exactly was this old lady doing to the elephant, bro? She distracted the mother while the kids were taken. Damn. So she'd never forget that. And uh, apparently she used some choice words. Not that. I don't know why that matters. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> but I mean, shoot, apparently elephants understand English. Or I guess that same energy. <laughs> Keep that same energy under this 30-pound foot. <laughs> Bro, it's probably a lot more than 30 yeah, pounds, probably. man. Like, that's actually insane. He's The, the woman, ma- excuse me. Let, me. let me rephrase that. The mother elephant smelled the dead woman and said... You don't deserve to live. You don't deserve to die. Like, that's crazy. Stomp the grave out. Yeah, it must have been actually mothers. Oh, man, that's that. a level of petty. It's a level of uh, toxic that I think we can all admire, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next time you get wrong, just keep it in your memory because there will be a time where you can get your get back and uh, we're here for it. And when the get back is get back, ain't nothing sweeter. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. All right, that's going to do it. That wraps up another episode of the Hoop Plug, man. And it feels so good yes. to be back. You know what I'm saying? Cue the ASAP. Feels so good. You know what I mean? But it feels so good to be back in the dirty. Feels so good to be recording live with my brother, Ty, here on this beautiful, momentous Juneteenth. You know what I'm saying? And uh, like always, guys, make sure to put some flavor in your ear. Take care.